Mr. Sullivan. Thank God. There we go. There we go. And thank God we're recording. Yeah. But I don't yeah. like the, I don't know uh, what it was. Like the... It was just an interruption. That's all. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Well, I don't like the sound of that voice of yours. What's up? Well, I just got a cold. I got a head cold Friday, I think. And uh, here I am. Here I am, though. You know, and you know, I'll use the capability that I have available to have a great podcast. There we go. I love it. Well, yeah. I missed you last week. I've had a great two weeks. Lots to catch up on. I'm sure you've had an amazing yeah, two weeks. Yeah, we did. We were at Da Vinci 50 and Sundance. Never been there before. How um, did you like that? Yeah, it's a neat. Pl- it's sort of a neat place, but Babs doesn't operate good at 7,000 feet. And, uh, oh, so she boy. Has- some issues, but she she went and she got a what's it called? It's an IV that you take that pumps your energy up. Oh, uh, do okay, you know yeah. anything about? That? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I know. Yeah. So fortunately, we had a lot of medical advice around us. Yeah, and they they were able to get right on it, and she had it, but she wasn't sleeping well. And uh, you know, I I'm pretty good. I don't have that problem at altitude. But there was a lot of downhill climbing from our room mm. and my knee, uh, which it hopefully, you know, and we're off to Buenos Aires, Argentina, on mm-hmm. the first week of November to get stem cell treatment for my knee. Oh, and nice. So hopefully that'll be done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we fly in overnight. They pick us up at the airport, take us right to the clinic, and I get an injection you know, in the first hour when I'm there, and that's my stem cells coming back at me. And the promise is that I will grow a new cartilage. In and my, how, how uh, long does it take for that to be noticeable? It's about six fruit? months. It's about six months okay. until it grows back. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm told. And uh, and there's a you know there's a, a protocol of not putting too much stress on it. Um, uh huh. You know, not to go hog wild. Um, well, how perfect is that? You'll have you'll have a new knee for your 80th birthday. I will. I will. Yeah, just mm-hmm. about. And that's exactly right. It'll be. Yep. That's uh, it's my birthday. Will be six and a half months, and this will be six months. So mm-hmm. we go we go down twice more so that they can check on mm-hmm. the progress, and so our. A frequent flyer miles are going to go up, and and it's a long flight, <coughs> nine hours. Have you been to Buenos Aires before? I have not. I have not. Mm-mm. This is the first time. And they're, I think they're either an hour or two hours ahead of Toronto time. Yeah. And, uh, one, one of the things, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. I know. That's so funny. <laughs> but it's sort of... When you look at the map, it, it's always a shock to me how that if you go to London, Ontario, all of South America sits east of London, Ontario. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah, because it's, it's you think of South America being under North America, <laughs> but it actually curves around to the east. Mm-hmm. And Ecuador, the west coast of Ecuador, the, is the furthest point in South America, and that lines up perfectly with London, Ontario. And for those who are listening, it's sort of Columbus, Ohio, if you think of Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> right, right, of, right. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Americans, you know, 
Ontario. Where, where's Ontario? Isn't that near Los Angeles? You know, oh, they have an so airport funny. there. It's called Ontario Airport. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, of course, it's east of Ontario, California. But no, we're talking about a province that is basically the size of Western Europe. It's probably the mm-hmm. size of Europe, Ontario. It's a thousand miles. Yeah, I always miles. realized the vastness. When I got to understand the vastness of Ontario, I realized somebody pointed out that you could drive north in Ontario, the distance between Toronto and Florida, and still be in Ontario. That's pretty big, right? I mean, and if you did east to west from Cornwall to Kenora, that's basically the two cities in Ontario. It's the same distance as Washington D.C. to Kansas City. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, there we go. Today, yeah. so but all the Canadians huddle close to the border. Ninety percent of the Canadian population is within a hundred miles of the U.S. border. That's great. Well, what any any big shares from Da Vinci? What's going to come uh, down the pipe? You got new knees? What, yeah, what is, the biggest happening? thing, the, first of all, Richard is a phenomenally good chooser okay, of yeah. great speaker, great speakers. Yeah. And, and it's always very enlightening, if not, if not uh, shocking, some of the research that's being done. We had a couple of doctors uh, who were there and one of the doctors, uh, Dr. West, um, says that it's pretty clear now that there's a fundamental gene, if you will. I'm not sure exactly what the terminology is, but it's a gene mm-hmm. that's the immortality gene. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they've been able to uh, zero in on it because none of our genes die. I mean, the body they're in dies, but none of the Mm -hmm. genes themselves actually die. They're immortal. And because we all have them, so all humans have them. And Mm -hmm. every every time a new human being is born, it's basically picking up on a couple million years of genetic development. So they know that those are immortal. And but in each individual, there's a turnoff. There's a series of turnoff mechanisms. I'll just use a more understandable term here. And they're zeroing in on this. For example, there are life forms that don't die. Flat shit. Flat forms, for example, don't die. Mm. You know, they just never die. And you can cut them in half and you can cut them in half and doesn't matter which half and they can regrow the other half back. So, Uh um, so, you know, I mean, it's just really, it's just really interesting where all this is going. I mean, what's the time frame for this to discover this? Well, they don't know that, you know, uh-huh. but the mere fact that they're, they now think it's possible and that they're experiment with, and I just find all that stuff interesting. Yeah. I find it very interesting too. Yeah. That, that's great. I mean, it's kind of uh, the fact that, that we would... even know that DNA exists. I mean, the fact yeah, that somebody yeah. discovered that, and the, I mean, it's just how would you even know to look for something like that, right? Like, yeah. you think we take it, it's so amazing the things that, I mean, that's all happened in the big change from 1975 to 19, or 2025, you know? I, I've, mm-hmm. I've been really thinking about that, uh, that too, the 
you know, the biggest change if we take, mm-hmm. if we extend out to 2025, I think that period of 1975 to 2025 is going to be, you know, civilization changing, yeah. you know, scope of what's happened here. Well, my read on it is that it's the people who benefit from this, it's not going to be worldwide. The next 50 years, let's say 2025 to 2075, I think that I think what we're going to see is massive political and economic change, because there's a point where you wanted to become a powerful technological country. And at this point, not many have. I mean, if you think of all the countries in the world, the U.S. is clearly, you know, in the lead. And the U.S. has just so many other things going for it. You know, mm-hmm. it's geography for one thing. It's it's really hard to invade the United States. I mean, first of all, it's three thousand mm-hmm. miles of water one way and five thousand mm-hmm. miles of water the other way, and then you have the Gulf of Mexico, and then you have mm-hmm. Mexico, but Mexico in the two hundred miles south of the U.S. border is desert and mountain. It's not a uh-huh not a populated area. And then on the north, north Canadians were always a threat, but now that they've nationalized pot, that's that's neutralizing mm-hmm. that. Right. Weren't we going to invade the United States, <laughs> eh? <laughs> and I think the U.S. looks at Canada as the natural resource reserve tank attached to their uh, <laughs> northern border. You know, well, it's it's America's biggest gated community, you know. Uh, right, there you, uh, you go. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to check in at the gate. You know, they make yeah. you check in at the gate and you can't bring in guns. And they want to know if you have any alcohol. They want to know if you have any tobacco. But <clears throat> they're not interested in you ha- if you have any new ideas. Yeah. So you'll love this. I've got four C's that I've observed here looking for the next 25 years. Mm. And the observe that. But you're going to tell me about that in the next podcast, right? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you about them right now. Here we go. All right. So the first is increase, and I love how you always say increasing, as I've taken this from you, but increasing connectivity with yeah. the farthest outposts of the mainland. That is going to be a big driver of the next 25 years. I think we can, if we're guessing and betting, that's where I, that's what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. If I'm guessing mm-hmm. what's going to happen in the next <clears throat> 25 years, what can I bet on? And I bet on increasing connectivity with the farthest outposts mm-hmm. of the mainland. And that, I don't think you can go wrong And I think that as the technologies are evolving that will facilitate that connection, that's going to be a a big thing. I saw something, Dan, you know, I haven't really been so on board with the metaverse. And then I saw, and I don't know whether you saw it, the most recent video of Lex Friedman and Mark Zuckerberg having a chat in the metaverse with the latest version of the 
visual avatar development where it creates a photorealistic version of you, three-dimensional, and you're in a three-dimensional space. And you can tell, I mean, first watching it on the video, it's stunningly realistic and impressive. But you could tell that, that Lex Friedman even said he's having an emotional experience. This is so uncanny that he's got the, you know, the new meta headset on, but his feeling is like he's 100% for real in the room with Mark Zuckerberg, like literally having a real conversation with a real person. And that, Mm -hmm. I think that's the first I've seen of what potentially could be the what comes here, you know, because it was really pretty stunning when you're watching the video. I'll send you the, I'll send you the link, link. unless you've already, have you seen it? Oh, no, I haven't. This is the first oh, I, uh, I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. So they have, they basically have a, they split the screen, like a tri screen where you can see Lex or Mark with the headset on, like where they really are talking and what they're saying. Then they show the middle version, which is, kind of the digitized version of what's happening, like all the without the shell on it kind of thing. And then they show the mm-hmm. final, the real thing. And it look, if you just look at the visual thing, you would never be able to detect that this is not real. And that's mm-hmm. the first that I've seen where there's no latency, there's no, you know, telltale you know, mismatching of the mouth movements or the eye movements or anything like that. It, if you just saw the third version of it, you would think that's really Mark Zuckerberg in real time talking, and that's really Lex Friedman. And so that was like, that opened my eyes to, and they were just kind of in a, you know, a uh, a black background kind of thing, like in a, almost as if they're in a, uh, black, like on the Charlie Rose show or something, you know, just their things. But you can imagine, in, you know, giving fast forwarding to 2020 the overlaid on any visual environment, you could place them in at table 10 at Jacques, you know, or at mm-hmm. the select bistro. And they're uh, surrounded and having that experience. I literally, mm-hmm. I would put because you know what I've said it and you've said it that I don't really have any interest in putting on the go- the goggles because I haven't seen an environment that's real, you know. But if I could put on those goggles and have a real table ten experience with you, I would put on the goggles. That that impressive, you know. Yeah. So that maybe well, I think to, uh, no, it's one of the things I you know I'm. I'm taking your description of it as real, but yeah. I haven't had the experience, so I don't really know. Right. You know, yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah. I'll check it. I'll check it out. And uh, yeah. So there's the first. That's the first C for guessing and betting. Connective. Connect- then that I think if I'm guessing and betting on the next 25 years, our increasing capabilities, both on demand and on tap, 
you know, I think if we look at the capabilities that AI is going to provide for us, I'm starting, you're starting to see now the real applications of this where you take these avatar technologies of being able to create your own digital avatar. I, I fully believe now that is going to be detect undetectable difference between the real I mean, a digital representation, a, a real video that I had performed or a digital AI has done it. So those, all those capabilities on demand along with, and if those are not, capabilities on demand through connect with the farthest outreaches of the mainland to every other human that's out there, you know, for the special, for the special things, you know. Well, not every other human being, but just the ones who are on the main, the ones who are connected in Cloudlandia, you know, these are the because because I believe in Dunbar's law that we only have an emotional capability for at most about 150. Yeah, I mean, everybody, first of all, I I can't comprehend what everybody means you know no dean and i know joe and i know you guys use up all my time you know i don't have time i was just gonna say thankfully we're (laughs) solidly entrenched in each other's top 150 that's important yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean the other eight you know eight billion plus you know (laughs) right i mean i'm told they exist but they don't really have that much they don't have a place in my future that much (laughs) yeah (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah I love it. And then the, the okay, third, number three. Yes. Inspiration. Drum roll. Yeah. Drum collaboration. Roll. That's going to lead yep. to better and better collaboration opportunities with both humans and technology. I, I can't wait to read yep. your how to treat technology like a well-trained dog or whatever the, what is it? Like called? a great dog. Called? Like, like a great uh, dog. Uh, oh, yeah. own, owning technology like a great dog. And when is that coming out? Oh, it's out. It's out. Uh, oh, it is. You, yeah, yeah. You should have gotten a notice in the email that it's. You could download. The, you can download the ebook. Yeah. Okay, I'll see about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fantastic. And you know, I I had on the collaboration front, I had a really amazing widget experience this past couple of weeks here. And the widget, of course, the working genius um, model. I see how yeah, useful this is now. You know, in in yeah, collaboration. We've got uh, yeah, we've got three of our team members trained as facilitator, or you know, training other people to use working genius. Because the moment you told me about it, I looked it up, and you know, we have the same. You and I are the same. We have the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we're inventors and we're discerners. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Babs oh, is I an have... inventor. Mm-hmm. Is that yours? No, I'm, yeah, I'm DI, your ID. Same. I mean, I imagine it's the same thing. But Babs is what? She's IG and she's a galvanizer. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm proof so of it. So that's great. That's the perfect I'm, thing. I'm proof that's of your it. secret formula right there. Yeah, that's I'm the proof of it. Yeah, I, she galvanized me. Yeah. And so I had a really great experience with Mark Lachey. Why don't we, why don't we explain to those who don't know what we're sure. talking about? 
Okay, yeah. so, so I'll, this I'll is the short course, unless you yeah. want to. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Okay, so this was introduced to me by James Drage, and James introduced this working genius model, and you can find it at workinggenius.com, and it's one of the most useful assessments that I've ever come across, right? Right up there with Colby, you know, as I, I think I would rank them, probably I would rank Widget at the top, Colby second. And I also like, I find Myers-Briggs very useful, but I know you're not as big a fan of Myers-Briggs as I am. Mm -hmm. But the way that working genius works is that we all have working genius, which are things that we find effortless, really coincides with our unique ability, really harmonizes with all the strategic coach concepts. And the idea is that every team needs, every collaboration needs somebody in each of the six elements. And the six Mm -hmm. all spell out the word widget. So W is for wonder, someone who can look at something and see all the ways that this could be improved or where could we go with this. Then I is invention which is making stuff up. There's a lot of eyes in strategic coach. It'd probably be, you know, also they would correlate with being quick starts, I'm sure. Then mm-hmm. D is for discernment, the ability to look at options and know what the right thing to do is, to have a, a highly confident ability in discerning that this is the right thing to do. G is galvanizing, which is someone who has a genius for gathering all the people and elements that are needed to get something accomplished. E is for enablement, which is someone who can support the people who are doing the things to make sure that everybody has everything they need to complete the task. And T is for tenacity. And tenacity is someone who has a high follow-through, who makes things happen and takes things all the way to completion. So fast forward, I'm in a boardroom in Boca Raton with Mark Lachance and some of his team. And I had this amazing experience of... Isn't that amazing? We just had a metaverse experience because... I'm the one that started the call with the cold, but now you have the cold. Yeah, I, you know, I'm. Yeah, I think mine is might be. I'm out in my courtyard, and I can tell that our pollen count is very high right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. But anyway, I'm sitting there, and I noticed how there's one of the guys on. Uh, well, we were there were six of us in the uh, in the room, but Mark Lachan is a galvanizer with invention, a galvanizer invention. And I'm starting to identify like the one sentence summary of what these things are, right? So Mark's like one word, one sentence, like superpower is, you know, gathering people and gathering the capabilities that you guys are super smart. Here's what I think we could do. You know, like this inventing all the coming up with ideas or the things that could be uh, done. Then there was a gentleman there, Matt, who is a D 
he's a he's got discernment and intensity. And my observation of that is that he would see something and say, that's a good idea. And then the next words out of his mouth were done. And he, like, we were talking about something. We, you know, I came up and I was, you know, discernment and invention is my thing. And I came preloaded with, this is what I think we should do. We were doing, we have a VCR um, vision capability reach uh, opportunity with one of the projects that Mark runs. And so I came in already pre-loaded with here's the idea, here's what I think we should do, which was, you know, it's a really great idea. And we, you know, came up with the domain name, the whole thing. And literally right there in the meeting, you know, Matt went and bought the domain name, set up the thing, like all these things are happening in real time and getting, making something real, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was really amazing to see that, that collaboration between, you know, the widget experience there. And yeah. I see now, like I realize galvanizing that, I would have guessed that Babs is a galvanizer because that has been, you know, that that's the main thing that drives your ability to get your ideas into real world things is galvanizing oh, yeah. the unique ability teamwork of everybody on your on your team. Yeah. Yeah. And she just is, knows how to create team. I mean she yeah. She knows how to create team leaders. She knows how to create teams and the yeah. teams have their you know, they have their projects and they have their goals yeah. and yeah. you know, they have their measure measurements and everything like that. But one of the one of the things I've noticed about Babs is that she doesn't really comprehend the impact that she has just by being in the room. Mm, yeah, I mean, how do you observe that? How do you see? No, that? no, things just happen when she's in the room. Yeah. In any situation, if you were somewhere with Babs and they had to get something done, and mm-hmm. within about an hour or two hours, she would be chosen as the leader. Mm. Without her saying anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean I mean she's six foot two and that helps, you know, because she's yeah. usually, you know, often frequently she's yeah. the tallest person in the room. But she just has right. a, and she has command in her strength finder, yeah. you know, command is number one. Mm-hmm. You know, she just basically says, Okay, let's get started, let's get something done here and you know. And, you know, I mean, it's my life is divided into two parts before I met Babs and after I met, after I was with Babs. And, you know, and it's just real clear that I'm just always highly motivated when I'm around her. Yeah. What are you looking at? Yeah. I'm looking at you. I remember and, you telling me. And, <laughs> and we're in the that's 42nd right. year of and. <laughs> uh-huh. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you've done you've gotten three. What's number four? Okay. The fourth is convenience. That we're observing less and less friction in day to day interactions and mainland to cloudlandia, you know, communication. So convenience I, you know, I remember I think in two thousand sixteen or something I read that article that I've shared about the tyranny of convenience and how we start to see it's a never-ending, you know, desire to make things easier 
and better and ratcheting those advancements without going backwards, you know? And that's really, I think if I were to guess and bet on things being more convenient, increasingly convenient over the next 25 years, I think we're going to be, I think that's a, a, a good bet. And, you know, you start to see that I think that as we're already seeing things like, you know, one click ordering from Amazon that's now gotten into, you know, Apple Pay and Google Pay and Amazon Pay, you never, there's no need to ever type your credit card into anything to buy online. But I see how that's going. If we chart out where the room in convenience is, I also see I see companies like Rocket Mortgage, you know, foreshadowing where we're headed that when we start seeing everybody's got access to all of the data, we're mm-hmm. all going to be, you know, pre-unwritten in background for anything. We're going to have some, you know, available capital or available credit, you know, pre-assigned already, you know that we literally will be able to push a button Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. get approval instantly for whatever we want. And I believe that the blockchain and smart contracts and all of these things are going to make things more and more convenient over the next 25 years. And that's where I've gotten so far. Those, so the- Yeah, well, I think they're good. So yeah. connectivity, mm-hmm. number Capability. one. Mm-hmm. Number two. Collaboration, number three. Collaboration and convenience. And conven- it's good. I think those are, and uh, there's probably more. Well, <laughs> you know, my, um, the first yeah, I wouldn't, push it beyond, I wouldn't push it beyond four. Make the others no. be servants of the first four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things is, so what's the role of, travel that takes time it's the i'm asking you a question here yeah okay i think it's yeah. the what's the role of travel that takes time the physical first of all it happens travel happens in the mainland because if yes, i can just of course if i can just click or have a thought yeah. and i'm so yeah and i'm meeting someone else then it hasn't yeah. required travel and it doesn't take time yeah. So, and so I think that's what's the, where, yeah, so the, you know, the inconvenience of travel is what is, two things, it's inconvenient and it happens at the speed of reality. You have to move yeah. your meat puppet from one out. Yeah, I, I'm going to call you on that. I think that's, a, I think that's a bad term. And I think it diminishes your body. And the one thing I want to tell you about virtual reality, you're only using sight and sound. You're only using sight and sound. You're not using touch. You're not using taste. And, you know, and my sense is that actually sight and sound make up about less than 10% of what the body actually uses to Mm -hmm. function. Okay, so I can understand why Mark Zuckerberg wants to be in another realm because he can't Mm -hmm. be, he's trying to find a place where he can't be subpoenaed, you know, Mm -hmm. so. Ah, so. Right, right. Yeah, 
and I understand that because he doesn't look like a human being who does well in terms of relationship and, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else. And I can understand why he wants to find another realm to do it. But we've got a million years of actually creating value out of things that take time and things that, you know, you have to travel over a distance. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think they're just, I don't, I can't sum up all that just as inconvenience. Right. Yeah. Learning, I mean, learning doesn't happen instantaneously. Learning happens over time. Yeah. So I'm just, okay. as you put the four things, as you put the four things together, I'm saying, yeah, but you know, when I go on a long trip, you know, for example, it takes two and a half hours for us to drive to the cottage. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I have a lot of interesting thoughts during those two and a half hours that I wouldn't have if I just touched a button and I was in the cottage. Right. Yeah, you think that part of the experience of it is the fact that it took a long time yeah. to get there. Yeah, there was a price. There was a price for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and if I agree. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm, I I don't have the answer to this. I'm asking the question. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer the answer to it. Yeah, but I'm noticing that convenience and comfort don't necessarily make people happy. I think purpose and meaning make people happy. You know, achievement uh-huh. uh, yeah. combined with purpose and meaning. And yeah. my experience is that takes a bit of time. That takes you know yeah. it takes a bit of time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's so, yeah, that does, it, it makes a lot of sense. And these are just, so I, I do, I was no, looking at. No, the I think they're, they're available. I, I think what you're saying is that actually they all come under the heading of capability. You know, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's obviously a huge jump in capability because connect and, and the collaboration and, and, and convenience are great capabilities, you know. And I think people are always striving for greater capabilities. Agreed. Yeah. And something, there's always going to be real. There's always going to be a higher value on real. Yeah. I believe that, too. Yeah. Like we're definitely missing out, you know, and it's not by an order of just a small percentage. I mean, it's exponentially different, yeah. I think, you know. See, what, what see, I think my, in the convenience. Sense. Yeah. Where I was going with the convenience things is that I think that the ability to make that travel, which is highly valuable, is still highly valuable. Um, But the elimination of friction in doing that to the extent that you can is going to be, I think, a safe bet. Uh, When you look at it was funny. We were. I was having a conversation with someone about the newest travel trend in mainstream travel is the private terminals that are popping up now. Like at LAX, there's was the first one that I heard of where you can bypass the the main terminal. You go to a private terminal where you pull up, they valet park your car. You go into a suite that's got, you know, just a food and whatever, a lounge comfortable for you to wait for your flight. You go through security, everything that's necessary, checking in, the whole thing. And then when it's time, 
they drive you in, you know, a BMW or an SUV, they drive you to on the ramp to the where the plane is, pick you up, put you on your on your seat, and off you go. And that level of friction skipping from the curb to the gate, that's what everybody is. That's where all the hassle of mainland travel is. Mm-hmm. Once you're on the plane, nobody's mad at the first class cabin of any airliner. It's comfortable. It's the seats are great. The food is great. The you know, the environment, everything about it is is fine. You get to your destination. It's just all the inconvenience from the curb to the gate, you know, that where all the where all the thing is. Now and I also think like regionally as you start seeing, I think it's pretty clear we're gonna end up in a human carrying drone world where that you know drone flight is going to be you know for shorter hops turning a two-hour drive into a 20-minute you know Mm -hmm. taxi drone taxi type of environment i think we'll see that in the next 25 years i think that's a that'd be a pretty safe bet i'll lay you a bet that it doesn't happen (laughs) okay yeah good and that's interesting so why, what makes you yeah. think that it won't happen? Like well, that? first of all, I don't think the capital is going to be there over the next 25 years because capital money is getting very expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a function of the fact that transportation is getting very expensive. So when you have mm-hmm. transportation very expensive, it makes money really expensive. It makes energy really expensive and it makes labor really expensive. And I don't mm-hmm. think, first of all, I've never, you may be the first person I've ever talked to who had that as an aspiration or a, as a future thought. And my sense is that the next things to get invented is where there's like an 80% aspiration in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. We'd like to have this. We'd like mm-hmm. to have this, you know. And, you know, and I think the Amazon has done well because there's an 80% wish that last minute purchasing or last minute shopping could be eliminated. Yeah, there's something. I think that's true. Yeah. But one of the ways I've gone in the opposite direction, I've just eliminated all need for meetings that require travel. Yeah, me too. How is the travel industry doing? So I would say that's more of an aspiration. I would say that's more of an aspiration than making travel comfortable. I would say not traveling at all is more of an aspiration than than yeah, traveling with the least amount of friction. I agree. And that's what I think would fit in with convenience. But I think we start yeah. I think we're going down that path. That was I think that in every way, in every element, I think convenience is really a driver, right? That's kind of we're definitely looking for things to be easier yeah. and, and I, less friction. Let's look at the word convenience, because I think everybody's got a different notion of what constitutes convenience, you know, and I think it's is entirely defined by your situation in the mainland. I mean, it only has meaning in relationship to the to the mainland. I mean, that my Apple computer comes on, it takes me 
you know, five seconds to get on and I could do it in a second. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't care. I really don't care. You know, right. I, mm-hmm. The five, sec- no, no, uh, five seconds, the five seconds seems good enough for me. You know, I mm-hmm. don't need it. So first of all, I think there's a point where convenience or the striving for convenience has a diminishing return, you know, because even at your personal airport, you know, your private personal airport, let's say that mm-hmm. pretty soon there's going to be a desire, the ideal jet that there's a first class and a second class. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And people say, well, why are they up there and we're back here? And you've got every convenience in the world, but because it's all psychological. I mean, all everything we're talking about here is psychological, you know, pricing mm-hmm. is psychological. And mm-hmm. I just feel that my notion of convenience may be different from your notion of convenience. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if we went down step by step and we took our daily life and we went through and everything, like having food delivered to my house doesn't interest me. Well, first of all, my, all my food is delivered by house by one person. You know, we have a caterer mm-hmm. and, but I can name on two hands, the number of times we've ordered in from, a, you know, a restaurant, you know, so right. mm-hmm. that doesn't fall in my area of convenience, you know, but uh, right. yeah. The other aspect about it is that traveling, not under compulsion, in other words, I'm not compelled to travel, but just getting out and driving around, I find that interesting. Yeah. Even even like going up to the cottage or going yeah like yeah that. I find it I find it interesting yeah. and uh-huh. you know and we have a halfway stop at Tim Hortons where we've never eaten but we've always peed the restroom is always in the same place it's always clean and you know it's great and yeah and yeah my definition of Tim, at- my definition of Tim Hortons in Canada is where white people go where white people go to get whiter have you ever experienced webbers do you, do you go up no, to 400 to get to your no okay yeah we go up 404 so i got you because okay. well, you know, we're but, heading to the east we're not heading yes right north. i got it we're heading to the east but so we i i have we've been on 400 and i've passed it but the lineup looked inconvenient <laughs> well, you know, it was quite a thing that they did was because that was kind of like the official stopping point on the way up to Muskoka that everybody would, you know, Friday night stop and get a burger at, at Weber's. And then they brought in at great expense a overpass. They bought the land across the floor. No, yeah. Yeah, I've seen and brought in yeah, a I've great expense an overpass that you could Well they could now, put in another park they could put in another yeah. parking lot. That's why they did it, yeah. Yeah. And make it now convenient <laughs> yeah. to stop on your way home. Which because it yeah, was super really, inconvenient. It's, but. Yeah. It's really interesting. The I, I just want to zero in on the idea that convenience is uniquely defined. I think you're right. So let's see what and the so I think a lot of the a lot of the technology people make a guess that everybody is going to enjoy a new level of convenience that they're creating uh-huh. and they're generalizing they have to generalize human nature that everybody's gonna like this. Uh-huh. But I think uh I think it's a form of projection on the part of the inventors that because they find it convenient that everybody else is and, and we know that you know only sixteen percent of technology startups 
succeed, you know, that, you know, thing. So it means that 84% of them, yeah, I would say that most technologies are created for, to satisfy some form of convenience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the, here's here's some definitions of convenience. I would love to go to the source here and see. Uh, So convenience is the state of being able to proceed with something with little effort or difficulty. Well, you and I are great believers in that. Yeah. The quality of being useful, easy, or suitable for someone. And then the third is a thing that contributes to an easy and effortless way of life. Yeah. And so I think that's, yeah, I think going, no matter what you're doing to making, I would argue that the division of strategic coach has made it through convenience, a possibility for people in what would otherwise be inconvenient parts of the world to participate. Yeah. And I think that you may kind of bet on that. Yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, Zoom I think has. Your, but they wouldn't need my sense is that, Yeah, my sense is that they do they need much more than Zoom? Do they need to actually have the feeling that they're there? Yeah, I don't know. And I'm, I mean, yeah. we're not going to be able I mean, to, to be yeah, tested. <laughs> yeah, to be, to be determined. Tested. I was just like, you know, you know, at the what appeared to be literally appearing in this thing. So that I, I'm just reporting the news. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know he seemed real, but is he real? Yeah, and I was only seeing a 2D. I'm only seeing yeah. the 2D example of it, right? So yeah. I yeah. can't imagine what it would be like if you, like Lex Friedman's response to it. I don't know who he is, he was, by the way. I, I don't know who this person is. So Lex Friedman is a, a very popular uh, podcaster, similar in popularity <laughs> as Joe Rogan, like that oh. level, one of the one of the top interview podcasters. Very smart, right. intelligent guy. Yeah, this was, it, it was some, his visibly, you know, the visible reaction that he was having to it was like, he was having a hard time really describing the impact, the emotional experience that he was having of this. And he's a pretty non-emotional guy. That's part of the, you know, the uh, term he's a. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, European I'm, going to have, okay. I'm going to have to have the experience. I'm going to have to mm-hmm. see the experience, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but I think but, that uh, whole, uh, you know, us being able to, it's just so funny to think now of all of these things. Like I just see the layering of this constant improvement in understanding of both our unique abilities and the unique capabilities that are being presented to us and, and the convenience of collaboration. Did you, yeah. you watch 60 Minutes? You don't watch any TV, so there was... I am, I am innocent of the experience. Do you have? Do you know? Do you know who Rick Rubin is? No, nope. he's a music producer. He's regarded as maybe the. Oh no, no! I've know. watched his YouTube's. I've watched his YouTube's. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, you know? really. And he and plays guitar. He plays guitar, right? No, he doesn't. He doesn't play anything, which is really <laughs> somebody interesting. else. Somebody else that I'm thinking of. He does a really great okay. job of telling you why a song works or. 
how his yeah, son works it. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is he, he white hair? Young looking, yeah, but white hair. Looks like Methuselah. No, are you talking about Rick Beato? Is the guy you're talking? Yeah, about. that's who I'm. That's that's yeah. who I'm talking about. Yeah. No, Rick Rubin looks like Methuselah. He's got a beard, long hair, real Zen kind of guy. But he was on 60 Minutes with Anderson Cooper, and you know it was pretty like there's some great sound bites from it because you know you know Anderson Cooper was asking him, well. You know, what is it that you do? Can you play instruments? And Rick said, barely. He said, can you work a soundboard? And he said, I have I have no technical ability, and I know nothing about music, like actual music things. And Anderson asked him, well, what do you get paid for? And he said, he thought for a second and said, the, the confidence that I have in my case and my ability to express what I feel has proven helpful for artists. And I thought mm-hmm. that there's a there's a guy, if we were to do a widget on him, I'm sure he's a GI. I'm sure he has discernment and invention as his two things. Yeah. And you can see this is a good idea. This is what this is the big idea here. And this is what I think you should do kind you of have thing. A visit, you have a visitor in the it's a, a crow, I think. It's funny. Yeah, you can hear that. <laughs> don't you know that you're sitting life at the four seasons? Don't, don't you know that you're 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 occupying his space? I must be. Yeah, he's trying to tell you to get out, you know. <laughs> this is my space. Anyway, yeah, yeah well, most, it's uh, all vocal. interesting. I keep coming back to the I keep coming back to the whole concept of the difference between convenience and comfort and purpose and meaning, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, because I, my limousine company that I have in Toronto oftentimes has these, you know, sort of elite lifestyle magazines, you know, that mm-hmm. advertises places to go. And none of the people look happy. Yeah. They look true. They look like they've got everything they want and it hasn't made them happy. You know, they look they look sophisticated. They're obviously wealthy and they have this, but it hasn't done the trick. You know, it's like like models, you know, like in Vogue magazine, Babs gets some of the magazines and, you know, the Wall Street Journal once a month has a style magazine that comes with uh, Mm -hmm. one of the editions. And they all look so. Well, first of all, I could draw a thought bubble above all their heads and say what I would give for a burger and fries. Right. That's so I mean, funny. they look just, you know, they just look so unhappy. And <clears throat> yeah, but they're representing the top of the world in fashion. You know, the, stuff, the mm. elite living are the top. And I said, yeah, but there, it's absent meaning and purpose. You know, you've mm-hmm. achieved something, but, and, and people will sacrifice enormous amount of inconvenience for purpose and meaning. So it's mm-hmm. an interesting discussion. It's an inter- you know, I mean, I take it, I'm not a cutting edge guy with technology, but when I hear enough of other people talking about things that seems to work, I said, why don't we just include this? And, you know, and, I'm really driven by productivity. I like getting a lot of stuff done easier and faster, you know, but it's Uh the thing that is being achieved that has meaning and purpose. It's not the means of getting there. 
So yeah, I think there's a good. No, thing. it's an interesting that's thing. Is, you know, yeah, and we live in totally a cloudy world. We do. Yeah. And I think that's part of the thing is maybe the harmonizing of that is pointing convenience at the end of comfort or of uh, purpose and meaning yeah. to make seeking purpose and meaning more convenient. I was, yeah. there, uh, there's a new special on uh, Netflix called Blue Zones and it's uh, an observation of uh, okay. yeah. talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, those things, those people, inevitably, they live very simple lives without much adornment. They've got the ikigai, as the Japanese would say, the, the purpose, you know, the meaning, the thing that, that brings them joy, connection to people they love, community. But, I think that's all. But if you think of your six genius, working genius, mm-hmm. their lifestyle would pretty well eliminate all six of them. <laughs> No, mm-hmm. oh, right. Yeah. They're very simple <laughs> yeah. lifestyles. That's exactly they, right. They get rid of the eyes. They'd wipe out the eye people really fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't need any ideas here. They're showing them, you know, grinding, you know, corn for tortillas on, you know, a, a, a mill that's uh, 50 years old. I found from their great grandmother, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a famous temple in Japan. This will be. I have to jump right now afterwards, but okay. there's a temple in that every 20 years it's totally torn down and rebuilt again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this mm-hmm. has been happening now for 2,000 years. So every 20, that's 100 times, 100 times. Wow. And and they have to find wood that's exactly like the wood, you know, that the original or the the existing one. They have to replace mm-hmm. it with the same kind of wood. There's no mm-hmm. mechanical parts to the temple. It's all done with drilling, with ancient yeah, and uh, everything. They use pegs and they don't use screws. Yeah, yeah, yeah and everything right. like that. And, and an American coming into contact with this experience would say, why? Why do you do it? Why don't you do it? The next time, why don't you build something different, you know? <laughs> and and I, I said, because they have created enormous meaning and purpose out of something that's always the same. Yeah. 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 Jiro dreams of sushi. That's that level yeah. of mastery yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So so convenience is a capability, but it's not the ruling purpose. It's not the ruling meaning. Right. Convenience is not the ruling meaning. Fascinating mm-hmm. discussion. Fascinating discussion. I like your yeah, four C's. Really, your four C's. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's yeah. have a four C's uh, duel. Let's have a four C's duel. When, when you do your first uh, free zone, you and I will have a duel in the front of the room between your four C's and my four C's. Okay, there we go. I like it. Well, one of them is the same because we have capability in common. And I think capability is the master one. Yeah. And you're not, you don't think collaboration, or you're putting collaboration as a capability. Yeah. I think the other three okay. are actually, I think capability is the center of your four C's, and the other three are mm-hmm. enhanced capabilities. Connectivity, yes, and collaboration, and, com- and convenience are uh, always being developed new in the world. I love it. All right. Okay. Thank you. Well, always great, Dan. I'll, I'm, I'll look forward to next week.
Okay. Yeah, and I'll be on the way home from the cottage next Sunday, so I won't be able to. So it'll be the Sunday oh. after. Okay, no problem. Two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Have a great time. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.